Welcome to the second episode of Underqualified Analysts. I am Cooper, we have Zach, and we have Hunter. Well, let's just go ahead and get this ball rolling, and we're going to start with NFL Week 3. Boy, was it a wild week. First thing I want to start off with is Ravens versus Lions. What an ending on that one. Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal. I mean, what, what, what were you guys' thoughts to be a player on that team and lose to the NFL record? It's got to be a hard shot to take. You know, you get beat on an NFL record long field goal. But I think it's a testament to just how good Justin Tucker is. I think he's always kind of been a little bit of an underrated kicker. Very consistent. And, man, does that guy have a leg. 66 yards. I think that Justin Tucker is going to go down as maybe the best kicker in NFL history. I mean, I think that he's cementing his legacy as up there with the best of all time. Obviously, he's got the longest field goal ever, and he, in my opinion, he's more – I mean, there's nobody else I want out there than Justin Tucker. It's crazy. You should see me on practice field. I'll, I'll take his ass. Uh, so, let's go to <laughs> the most highly anticipated game uh, this week, which was the Bucks and the Rams. The Rams top the Bucks 34-24. You know, Brady still looked good, but I think, you know, this is a real testament to just how bad the Lions were. And, you know, Matt Fatford, that guy, he's solid. 27 for 38, 343 yards, no interceptions, four touchdowns. I mean, goodness gracious. Like, imagine that guy on a good team his entire career. So, uh, what were you guys' thoughts about that game and just kind of how that ended up playing out? Was it a shock? Was it not? What, what do you think? I wasn't really shocked. Uh, you know, the Bucks are a heck of a football team. And anytime you've got Tom Brady, you've got a shot. But with Matt Stafford as quarterback, the Rams have just climbed the ladder a little bit in my eyes. He was stuck on a really horrendous Detroit Lions team for all those years and really got kind of overshadowed for how good he actually was. You move him out to L.A., you put some weapons around him, and, I mean, he looks like an elite-level quarterback finally. I think that the Rams are the real deal. And as you said, when he got some weapons around him in that Sean McVay offense, it elevated – I think it's elevated him as – I think it's elevated his will to win as well as his performance. And I think that – I'm not taking anything away from the Bucs because I think they'll still be around in the year. They're still a good team. They got the GOAT, Tom Brady. But – Matthew, we could see an MVP season out of Matthew Stafford. We'll see. But um, I think he's got the weapons to do it. I think the Rams are for real. I I agree with that, absolutely. I mean, they got the defense. They've got tons of offense. And my name, brethren, Cooper Cup, uh, he's absolutely having a killer year. Killer year. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they develop as a team as well. Um, so the next game is the Bears versus the Browns. And I don't even want to talk about the game because it was just miserable. Justin Fields got sacked nine times. So my question to you all is how many times would it take for you to get sacked for you to just be like, okay, I need, I need to be done playing now? I think this is one of the testaments where you can have a really good quarterback but if you don't have the pieces around him, it's not going to turn your organization around. That Bears offensive line is just like a colander. It's full of holes. <laughs> Every time the guy got the football, there was three or four people on him before he had time to even go through his first progression. you got to protect him, and especially if you're going to invest in a quarterback, that – with that high draft pick, that kind of money, you've got to get him some protection. I don't care what you have to do. If that's your guy, 
You've got to go out and find a way to protect him. I agree. You have to build an offense around him. I mean, if, especially if he's going to be your number one piece. The Bears said that this week anybody could start any one of their three quarterbacks. But Cooper's question was directly, how many times would it take for me to get sacked before I just gave up? Well, Cooper, I have sciatica, arthritis, <laughs> neck hurts if I don't sleep on the right pillow. If, I don't know, Aaron Donald, the Dominican Sioux, somebody like that, you know, pancakes me, Fletcher Cox even maybe, you know, if he comes out and hits me, I'm going to go ahead and say one. I'll be done. <laughs> you know, you said that the Bears came out and said that they felt like any one of their quarterbacks could start. But my question is, which one is going to step up and say, yeah, put me in, coach. Let me go out there and get pancaked for four quarters. Well, they, they're going to already have him in a back brace. That way they don't even have to wheel him off the field. They can just keep him there. <laughs> if I'm in that quarterback room, I'm as quiet as a church mouse because I don't want any part of that. Yeah, because why would you get paid to get hurt when you can get paid to just sit there? You know, you're getting the same amount, right? Maybe you get a, maybe you get a little bit extra bonus, but nothing crazy. I mean, that's just crazy. That's just wild to me. Give me the headset and the clipboard, and I will be the best cheerleader on the sideline. <laughs> exactly. So this is this is a question directly to Hunter. Um, the Packers and the 49ers played last week, and I know you were very critical of Aaron Rodgers, a bad, bad man, as Stephen Smith would say. So is your thinking on – Aaron Rodgers, the exact same as it was the week prior. My thinking of Aaron Rodgers is not good enough to lead this team to an NFC Championship or a Super Bowl is still the exact same. Aaron Rodgers can have an MVP year this year, and he will still not be good enough to win an NFC Championship or a Super Bowl. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. I just wanted to know if your thinking was the same. So, sticking to it. While we're, while we're on that, uh, let's go to the SEC little wrap-up here, and we might as well just go ahead and start with your number one power rankings of Texas A&M, the number one team in the SEC. Hunter said it last week, and by God, was he wrong. Arkansas <laughs> came out there, and they absolutely pig-suied their ass. I mean, they came out there hard, 17 nothing. First half score, second half, um, K.J. Jefferson and uh, Burks got injured. So, what do you think about your Texas A&M Aggies, buddy? My Texas A&M Aggies let me down, you know. Uh, I'll go – on that one, I'll go ahead and say that I was wrong for sure. It won't be the last time, not the first. It's been 25 years of me being wrong. <laughs> but uh, Arkansas – I did give them a little credit last week in the rankings. They're they're good. I they get another test this weekend. We'll see how good they really are. But Arkansas is good. Texas A&M, nah, they they let me down. They're uh, they they they're gone from my list. <laughs> they're not even in the top fourteen. They're they're gone. I have to say that uh, this is a game that I saw coming. Texas A&M in their first couple games really struggled, and you could see that they were having some issues just scoring the football. And uh, Arkansas hasn't had those issues. I think this is final. Arkansas's finally back to the days of old where they're a really good football team. Now, are they in the top echelon with Alabama and Georgia, who are Actually, they're not even in first class. I think those two programs are flying the plane. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Arkansas is there yet. But they are a quality football team that definitely belong in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell that their defense against Texas A&M, I mean, they're, that's a quality defense. Um, you know, it's, it's not – you know, we, we always talk about Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, it's not on Georgia's level. Okay, we're not saying that. Okay, but that's a solid defense of what do they have? Twenty super seniors on a whole entire team. Like that's incredible, and that's a testament to say that they have so much experience. 
They have a lot of talent. And they're, I mean, they're, they, that's a good football team. You better watch out for Pig Suey. Um, Hunter, did you have something you want to say on that? Yeah. Um, I know we're not diving into the SEC power rankings this week, but I do have a question I want to ask you guys. Um, after seeing what we saw this weekend with Alabama and Georgia, does your one two change? Do you still think Alabama's at the top, Georgia's second, or does it change? Well, Georgia was one for me last week. So okay. I, you guys were both saying about how Alabama was, you know, you can't, you can't lower Alabama because of the name. Right. So to me, I just think to, to me, I, Georgia's passed the eye test way better than Alabama has. Now I do think that I over-exaggerated Alabama's drop off a little bit. I know they played a cupcake team, but Nick Saban after a close game and a loss dude is, Unreal. Uh, absolutely unreal. So um, they better be lucky that they didn't have a close game um, against whoever they played this weekend where uh, all Miss would be in big, big, big trouble. So uh, I think for me personally, you know, I think they're almost interchangeable at the top. I, th- I don't think you can go wrong with either as one, two. But for me, Alabama has been number one. And I don't really see how you can justify dropping them at this point because they've really not done anything to deserve being dropped. They've gone out. They've beaten who they're supposed to beat. They've coasted against cupcake teams. They are still Alabama football. And they're still going to be Alabama football. And I wouldn't be shocked to see both of those teams in the playoffs meeting each other to play for the national championship. That wouldn't shock me at all. I agree. And the reason I brought that point up is exactly what Cooper said. He said, you and I last week said that we put in Alabama at the top because of who they are and what they are as a football program. But for me, I thought about that this week and I watched the games this weekend. And just by watching those two teams on the field this year, I think it's hard to, not say that Georgia has been more impressive than Alabama for me. But like you said, they're kind of interchangeable. But I think I like Georgia more than Alabama right now. I think the I think the biggest difference between the two programs is on the defensive side of the football. I think Georgia's defense is elite level defense. I do not think Alabama's defense is elite. And that is the only difference in the two programs, I feel like, at this point. Alabama's offensive side of the football, maybe they may have a few more weapons. I still think they're, they've got a young quarterback who's trying to adjust and settle into his role. If that happens, man, their offense is going to be wild. You can't have that many five-stars out there running around to throw the football to and not be able to put points on the board. And they did last week. I had them on a bet, which I usually don't bet on sports, but I had them on the over on that, and they absolutely came the fork through. I mean, those they, they scored – they scored. I think it was 48 in the first half, and the over was 64, I think, something like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it just it's, – it's absolutely – asinine that you can score that many points and you're just like oh they actually were holding back because if you watch the game that's that's how it happened i talked about their young quarterback 20 for 22 313 yards five (laughs) touchdowns one pick it kind of feels like bryce young is finding his footing in the sec i know it's against southern miss But even at that level, I mean, you have to put the ball where it needs to be, and he did that. Exactly. So, since we've been harping on Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, and we kind of well, – we don't really need to talk about Alabama versus Southern Miss. And, you know, I know that was basically a college game day headliner, but um, 
we'll go ahead and move on from that game and let's move in to uh, Georgia versus Vandy. Now, I know that Zach has a few stats that he wants to rattle off. I know he, he's been – like, he's been chomping at the bit. I mean, he's like, he's like, Georgia's defense, Georgia's defense, every time we talk about Georgia. So, by George, I will not say the stats for Georgia. I have got to hand it over to my man, Zach. Go ahead, buddy. I am really a defensive guy when it comes to football. I love watching hard-nosed defenses who go out there and get after people and put pressure on the quarterback. And, man, I could sit back and watch Georgia's defense all day. You're talking about a team who gave up 77 total yards to a Vanderbilt football team, 24 passing yards, 53 rushing yards. Vanderbilt averaged 1.7 yards per play. That those numbers, yes, it's Vanderbilt, okay, but that's still a division one football team, that's still an SEC football team. Those aren't peewee players out there. Georgia on the defensive side of the football is about as scary as any team I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Hunter, what were you gonna say about that? I agree too. I uh, you pretty much summed it up. I'm gonna add that I was at the casino this weekend and I was at up in line and I placed a bet on Georgia, and I said, "Give me Georgia." What it minus the spread? It was 36. And some guy next to me, he said, "I don't trust Georgia's offense to score that much." And I said, "All they have to do is score 37 because Vanderbilt's not gonna score." And I truly believe that they wouldn't, and they didn't. They didn't even come close. <laughs> Georgia's defense is just that good. Yeah, I think somebody needs to uh, go down and check Vanderbilt's pulse and make <laughs> sure they're still alive after the pummeling that they got. 35 first quarter points. Not first half, first quarter. And I'm pretty sure those 35 points were in like the first 10 or 11 minutes of the game. Not sure about that, but I'm pretty sure it was in the first 10 or 11 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Vandy point favorite Vandy is on UConn. I mean, like, I, I seriously believe that Vanderbilt is in such a bad state right now that there will be more UConn fans at this game than there will be Vanderbilt fans. This is a primetime game, 730. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst-case scenario for Vanderbilt, that they're playing at primetime during all these really good football games against UConn with a horrific team and a chance to lose this game. <laughs> like, like, and it's just, it's, it's so sad because, you know, you look at what James Franklin was able to do with this program and he built this thing into an actual SEC contender. I mean, they were, they were a good team. And then all of a sudden, uh, Frank Mason comes in and just absolutely poops on the whole program. I mean, I love Frank Mason as a, as a, you know, person he's, he does all the right things and he's jacked. So I would never say that to his face. Um, but you know, it, it's just, it's just sad. It's to me. Uh, I liked whenever I was, you know, throwing a question mark beside the Vandy game. Now it's, you know, if we played, um, you know, a FCS program, I, I think they have a better chance of beating us. Like Chattanooga would absolutely destroy Vandy, uh, I, I would say. <laughs> and that's, that's, a, that's, that's bad. FCS programs aren't supposed to be, um, beat the big boys. So speaking of that, let's move to the Auburn almost upset. And the score does not show how bad – Auburn actually played. So the final score was 34-24. Auburn won. That, that was a squeaker. The whole game, they were basically down the whole game. I mean, uh, Georgia State was up 24-12 to 12 at half. So something seriously was going wrong. With I know we were losing to Chattanooga, but, you know, that's beside the point. Okay, we're talking about Auburn. 
Um, so my question to you all is, you know, they've been preaching on Bo Nix, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, Bo Nix. Is this the end of Bo Nix? Because TJ Finley was finally able to get in. And he looked a lot better than Bo Nix. So I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say about that. I think Auburn is – have been in the past. Uh, defensively, Georgia State gashed them running the football. Normally, when you roll into an SEC team, you can expect big, bruising, physical defensive line, run stoppers. They don't have that. Georgia State ran for 267 yards against Auburn. And that's a Georgia State team. This is one year that I kind of wish UK had Auburn on the schedule. Yeah. I didn't watch the game myself fully. I caught the end of it. But to answer your question, I think that Bo Nix has been overrated since he got there, in my opinion. I don't think that he's ever performed to what they would like him to. That's all I'm going to say about that. All righty. Well, we'll stop wasting time with all that. So today we have really good news uh, for UK football. And that's what we're getting into. Um, the during, just so everybody knows, there was a um, there was a trial with six of our UK players um, in March, which they actually got arrested in July, and it just now cleared the trial, so they were off the team for you know a few days, and then. They came back to the team, and then once the investigation kind of kicked back up, then they were kicked back off the team. So the players include uh, Andrew Phillips, Vito Tisdale, Joel Williams. Those were all defensive backs. Ruben Adams, he was a defensive or offensive lineman. Um, Ernest Sanders, he was a wide receiver. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Jutan or maybe – I think it's just Jonathan – uh, McLean, he's a running back. Um, all these guys um, were highly touted um, recruits, except Ruben Adams. Um, but every single one of these guys were guys that we were really looking forward to in the future. So what do you guys think about this whole incident? Like, are you, are you, are you excited that these guys are finally getting back on the field? Um you know, what do you think that's going to change for our program? Yeah, do you guys just run with that? I'm excited to hear the news. Uh, I haven't followed it as closely as I did early on. But from what I gathered early on, this stemmed from basically a fight at a party where, yeah, they probably made some mistakes, probably did some things they probably shouldn't have done. But I feel like the charges weren't necessarily warranted for what actually what has been suspected to have occurred. Uh, I can't speak because for facts because I don't I wasn't there obviously. Uh, as far as what it means for the football team, I think it definitely helps us. It, once we can get those guys back in, you know, they've been out for a while. So it's gonna take a it's gonna take a little bit to get back in play and shape and get back up to game speed. But I feel like there's definitely some pieces in there. Vito Tisdale for sure, I feel like fits nicely in our uh defensive scheme. Really happy for those kids. <laughs> really happy that the result, the end result is what it is. I agree with what you said as far as you, we can only speak to what we've heard and what we, you know, have gathered ourselves. And from what I gathered, it seemed like from the beginning, the charges and the stories had some flaws and some holes in them. So, you said i'm sure something happened but i'm glad that it's over now and they can join the team again and hopefully make an impact and i agree like you said tisdale i think that he can he is one we're most grateful and happy to get back but uh that's about all i got to say because like i said i wasn't there i 
I'm not sure, but I know Cooper's got a strong opinion on it, and I want to hear it. Nope, I don't. All right, let's move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, um, my my theory on it is, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a frat party. They, you know, these guys, they wanted to hear uh, Grove Street Party, and they wouldn't play it, and then, you know, it just got physical from there. That's, that's my opinion on what happened. Um, I don't, again, I don't know what exactly happened. I know it was a frat party. Um, I've went to a few frat parties and I'll be honest, I don't know why they would go because I didn't have fun at them, but, uh, maybe they're different at UK. Um, I think that's, it's huge for us because the one position that I think we were, you know, in a way lacking at would have been the defensive backs. And, you know, that's mostly what we, we were missing with these guys and, you know, maybe one of these guys can contribute. I know Andrew Phillips, he's, he was incredibly highly touted. He's out of South Carolina area. So he, I'm sure he really, really is upset that he missed last week's game. And then Vito Tisdale, he was on the second string. Uh, Joel Williams, I mean, he was hyped almost more than anybody that we had coming in to this year's, year's year's team as a new recruit. So, I'm really looking forward to these guys being back, getting some experience, getting some practice in. I don't think any of them will be ready for this week. I could see Vito kind of stepping in there, but that would be the only one. So, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say about that. Um, So, yeah, let's just go ahead and dive into the Kentucky game this weekend. Um, Kentucky beat South Carolina, uh, 16 to 10. And, you know, it was, it was not a pretty game. I don't think any of us are going to say that it was a pretty game. I'd say if anybody said it would, it would be Hunter, um, just for the sole fact to make me question his sanity. But, uh, yeah, like I, I think, I think overall, this was a pretty sloppy game. And the fact that we came out of this, you know, with the win is a testament to how far we've came uh, in the Mark Stoops era. So my question to you all is, can we have a plus turnover game this year? Is it, is it possible for us to not, to not be in the minus? Because right now we're sitting at minus nine turnover margin. And, dude, that just, that just can't happen. That just can't. So, uh, so let's go ahead and let Zach answer this one. Ball security, ball security, ball security. We've seen it game in and game out. You just can't keep putting the football on the turf and expect to win football games. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the root problem is. But we have got to do a better job of taking care of the football. You have got what could be the top running back in the SEC putting the ball on the turf two to three times a game. And if he wants to be the number one back in the SEC, the number one back in the country, he has got to take care of the football, plain and simple. This game, if you look at it from a stat side, it wasn't near as cl- it wasn't near as close as the final score showed. UK went out and what should have been a dominating performance turned into a six-point game because we can't take care of the football. If you look at 22 first downs for us to 12 for South Carolina, we ran 66 plays to their 51. We had the football for 35 minutes. They had it for 24. We dominated the football game. There's no doubt. But you turn the ball over in crucial points, and you give up points, and you just can't do that. You can get away with that maybe at South Carolina, Chattanooga. You're not going to get away with that next week against Florida the week after against LSU, and you're definitely not going to get away with it against Georgia. 
you better value that thing when you get it against Georgia. Can we go positive on the turnover ratio? Yes, I do think Stoops. I, th- I do think Stoops is going to work on this, do some ball security work, make sure guys are taking care of the ball. I do think that that's our only problem right now. You pretty much hit it. I mean, you pretty much covered it. I can sit here and talk about ball security forever, but it doesn't mean anything unless we do it. And you covered it. We put the ball on the ground. It's unacceptable. It can't happen. Somehow we're 4-0. I saw a stat where it said that in true SEC road games, teams that turned the ball over three times were – I don't know exactly. I think it was like I got six. It. It's you got eight, it. eight and 102 with a record, uh, yeah, minus three or worse turnover margin. And there you go. And we managed to be one of those that won the game that and covered, by the way. Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, but it just – our defense really stepped up for us. And just to go back to your question and answer that, we can – and we are going to, and it's going to happen soon. Is that a little optimism I hear in your voice? <laughs> Gets me oh, going. Not no, I think, I think <laughs> what's scary about this UK team is we've not seen a game yet where they're complete. You know, early on, our offense looked really good, but our defense was suspect at best. This South Carolina game, man, we looked like the UK defense of old. The true hard-nosed, gritty Mark Stoops defenses that we've we've become accustomed to here at UK. But our offense just isn't clicking. I think if we can fire on all cylinders, I think we're uh we're looking at a pretty good year. And maybe I could see us having a 10-win season if we can get our offense firing on all cylinders with our defense. Well, we do that. I think we're a top 10, 15 team, if we're going to be honest. I don't know what you're going to say. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, you pretty much get what I was going to say. If we can put together a complete game, we can be dangerous. But there's a lot of ifs here, and we haven't even gotten remotely close to even giving people hope that we could do that. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. But if 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 we can, and as a fan, I'm saying it more with hope than optimism, but if we can, we can be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and I, exactly. And I just want to give a round of applause – Mark Stoops, uh, he won his 26th SEC game passing Fran Percy. Uh, that's the most school wins. So he's one step closer to Bear Bryant's 60 wins this year. Uh, that's that's the most all-time at UK, 60 wins. Um, Kentucky's number 23 in the new coaches' polls. We're still not getting any love from the AP. And, you know, to me – this is a huge turning point in Kentucky football right here. Um, if we can put it to, to Florida this week, I think this is a huge turning point. Um, that, that'll put us over the hump, and that may lock us at that number two spot for the years to come in the SEC East. Now, yeah, we're still going to have to, you know, we still have to win this game. But how crucial is this upcoming game against Florida? And, um, you know, I don't want your takes on the game. But I just want the actual aspect of what this game means to this program. It's obvious that this is a huge game for the program. It's a huge opportunity for the program to kind of take that next step and become that upper echelon in the East. Going back to the rankings, I feel like – UK is kind of the opposite of Auburn. Auburn gets carried a lot on their name, who they are, what they've done in the past. And I think UK is still looked at as one of those teams in the SEC that are just, you know, they're there. They check the box. Yeah, we're in the SEC, but we've never really made that noise. I think the Florida game, and not necessarily just the Florida game, we've got a, we've got a gauntlet of three games here. If we can come out, with one win in the next three, I feel like we're 
we're really talking about taking that next step. With what to touch on what Cooper said about the uh, national rankings, we're one of 15 power five teams that are undefeated right now. And we're playing in the SEC and we're not, we're still not ranked. Like that's, Think I mean we're deserving, and there's teams uh, there's teams in there that are less deserving than we are. But as to what this game means for this team and this program, this game means everything for this team. And when I say everything, I mean that this football team controls their own destiny to go straight to a national championship. And I'm not saying that's happening. I'm just saying that that's what it means. We beat Florida. We are we are nationally ranked. We, then we got a date with LSU. We can beat them, and then we got a date with Georgia. And, and you know, if we can beat them, then you're looking straight down the barrel of a national championship type of season. That's what this game could mean to this team. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying that's what it could mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the implement, uh, implications of this game is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, uh, this this Florida team. In, 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 true, in true Kentucky fashion, uh, I was watching the Dan Mullen pre-UK presser. And, you know, there's two things I want to say. Number one, obviously, the first thing he says is the one thing we talked about last week on the Florida game. And Anthony Richardson is indeed – healthy and he was not just healthy last week he was cleared to play last week and they did not play him so guess what he's gonna play this week there's no doubt in my mind about it now I will say Emory Jones has not been given a reason to be sat on the bench but Anthony Richardson by everyone's account is the number one guy. His freaking nickname is AR-15, okay? Like, that's pretty cool. Hate to say it, but it's pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, again, the way our defense played last week, I'm not really that worried in, in, in a sense. If we can continue that momentum, I'm not that worried. But... One thing that I I don't know if – did you guys watch the, the pre-UK press conference of Dan Mullen? Some of it, I, not all. Okay. I watched bits and pieces. Okay, yeah. so neither one of you watched any of it. Good. So uh, – <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, all, I, so, all I saw was that uh, – No, don't say it because I'm about to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, come so, on. No, I get to say it. Again. No, no, you stole the thunder a lot today. Uh, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. There you go. So that is lighting the fire to every single bit of anything, any sort of motivation that we didn't have going into this game. We now have it. Okay. So number one, uh, there's two questions that I want to ask you all. Number one, is Dan Mullen the biggest douche that you've ever heard in a press conference? And number two, you know, is it, you know, is this game truly achievable with one turnover? Yes, Dan Mullen is definitely really high on himself. He likes to put himself up on a pedestal, and I think if they would allow it, he would have a statue of himself put up <laughs> in the swamp. Yeah. Uh, going back to your second question. Yes, I do feel like this is a game where I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you see zero fumbles in the Florida game. I think that you've got some guys that are going to be more focused on protecting the football, and I do think you're going to see zero fumbles in the Florida game. Do you think we can win with one turnover? Yes. He's not the – I think that we can also win with one turnover. I And I also agree with Zach in the fact that, you know, you know these guys are working on ball security this week. I mean, it's getting pounded and preached into their heads this week at practice, ball security, ball security, ball security. And I expect us to improve. 
And I think that Dan Mullen is definitely not the most cheerful man. Uh, I think that he is a bit full of himself. And I think that we can most definitely win this game with only one turnover. And as Zach said, I think that ball security is going to be a big focus this week. It's getting pounded into these guys' heads at practice. Ball security, ball security, ball security. And I think with that being said, we're going to take better care of the football this week. And I think that we can win this game if we turn over once. More than once, not not so sure. One time or less, yes. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you know, this is – I'm obviously the most – like just absolutely most optimistic guy out of the three of us. I mean, I, my my bag on prediction last week was 42-21 UK. Zach's was 27-14, which his was actually the closest uh, score-wise. And then um, Hunter's was 27-24. And we all had UK, so we we're all right. But I was the most uh, wrong on the right side. Um I am more than willing to admit that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's what's crazy about the fact that we had three turnovers this past game is we allowed zero points. Now, two of those was failed fourth down conversions, um, and one of them was just they intercepted it on, like, the one-yard line. So, to me – I think, yes, we can, but it's situational. So, like, we, we, I don't think we're going to be able to, to, like, you know, if we, if, we, if we turn the ball over in plus territory form, then I, that's just not something that we can get past. You know, we need every single opportunity possible to put ourselves in good situations against this team. Um, this is the first team that I can say – that probably has more talent than us that we've played this year. Um, I think we were far, far none above um, Missouri. And we're honestly, I think, I, I think as far as total talent, because South Carolina's defense is really good. They, they actually do have a good defense. They have the most turnovers, I believe, in the SEC. I could be wrong on that stat. But, you know, they've got – pretty good defensive players. So I think this is the first team that I can, without a doubt, say that they have more talent than us. doesn't mean they use it right, but they have more talent than us. Um, so let's just go ahead and knock knock out the predictions. So we, let's just stop talking about it. Uh, whoever wants to go first, just just spout it out, and I'll go ahead and write it down, and it's, it's already inked in. If you guys want me to go first, I will. I don't care. Go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, boys. So this this is this is this is really hard for me uh, to say, but Kentucky's going to have a perfect game, and they are going to destroy out this game. Uh, 35-27, Kentucky. I got them. I, I got them, and I have never bet UK ever in history. Of ever, but I put some money on UK to outright money line win at 265, uh, plus 265. So um, let's go, Cats. Did you do any drugs before the show tonight? Um, none of uh, nothing outside of the ordinary. Okay, I was just curious. Zach, you can go now. I am also going to take the Cats, but I'm a little more pessimistic with the score i'm gonna go 28 24 in a really hard fought game i cannot believe you did that Zach. really can't believe you did that man as soon as this line came out florida minus eight i told cooper it should be double i mean everything in me just fit everything that we've shown this year it feels like we're going to go out there and lose by three touchdowns. I mean, it just feels like that we just can't compete with this Florida team with the way that we have been playing. And a lot of people, anybody who watches the Cats, even just, even just you know, a little bit, as a, you know, just watches a few games a year, knows the old saying, 
Kentucky football, meaning that the, we find a way to lose games. Everybody knows that. And even this year, when everybody thought that, you know, that wasn't going to be the case, we haven't lost a game yet, but we've found a way to make every game close. And I just – every I've been trying to convince myself all day that it's going to be different. And, you know, I'm a sports handicapper. I look at the – Look at it from every perspective I can. And we are going to put together our best football game on Saturday night. No turnovers. Mark Stoops is going to outcoach Dan Mullen. We're going to out-physical Florida. We're going to make more plays than they are, and we're going to win this game 27-24. to 24. Kentucky hard-fought SEC win. And we're going to catapult this program to the top. We're done with old Kentucky football. It starts – Saturday. Cooper, did he just – the prices write me on the score? Oh, he definitely just prices righted you. He, he, he undercut you, man. Oh, my. Wow. Well, it doesn't matter because my score is going to be right anyways. But uh, – I'll go into a little bit of, uh, of rationale behind taking the cats here. I said it last week. I felt like Chattanooga – and South Carolina were both trap games. I feel like that type of energy and that type of effort and focus, you're not going to see that Saturday in that environment. I think you're going to see a, a UK football team that's firing on all cylinders. And I hope Florida's ready for it. It's going to be loud. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to being there on Saturday. Yeah, I was I was just about to say uh, two things I want to say about the game. First thing, this is going to be Zach's very first home football game. What? And, yeah, and he he's lived in Kentucky his whole life, and he has he has never been to a UK football game. And I have the honor, the privilege of taking him, and I'm, I get to take his dad, and I get to take his wife. And we're gonna we're gonna have a really good time. I really cannot wait for this game. Um, Zach, can go ahead with that, and then I'll I'll, I'll close us off. With one, one thing. Yeah, been been a UK fan my whole life. Been to countless basketball games. Been to several baseball games, but a football game is one of those things that I've I've just never put the time in to go to, and I'm really looking forward to that atmosphere. I don't think I could have picked a better first game than what it's going to be like on Saturday. Well, to be fair, I picked it for you, so you're welcome. Um, but uh, let's let's go into this next thing I got to talk about. And it, we have just two more things. Um, first thing, do you think that the blue-white split will work unless they give T-shirts up? Do you think it'll work? Not a chance. I don't know why, and you can analyze and analyze all you want, but I have no idea why U.K. football fans and U.K. basketball fans are the same way, are so damn stubborn when it comes to whiteouts, blueouts. You can give them the T-shirt, and a lot of these people won't even put it on. I don't know if they're superstitious and they wear the same shirt to every football game they attend or what. But it's just something about Kentucky fans, man. They just will not participate in things like this. Without giving the T-shirts out, it's not going to work. Uh, I mean, it's just plain and simple. It might, you know, it might be more than the norm. You might be able to notice it, but it won't work like Penn State whiteout or, you know, something like that. And I'll say this to Zach. This game, you just better be prepared, man. It's gonna that place is gonna be rocking, and I mean literally, it's literally gonna be movement. You're gonna you're gonna ask yourself if the architectural structure of this place is good enough. It's gonna be bouncing. And so, we're up we're up in the we're up in the higher parts. So you will it, feel, you yeah. will feel the stadium moving. Yes, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's crazy when you go to a game. That's loud enough that it can do that, and it's it, but it's awesome, and you won't be able to hear right for days, and it's going to be great because then you can say what to your wife, and you say I I genuinely didn't hear you, you know, you use it as an excuse, so you're welcome. 
You'll have to listen to Cooper all night going, oh. Yep, yep. I am the loudest fan in there. I, I can almost promise you. I'm, I'm so annoying. It's not even fun. Uh, any, any last things you all want to say about the game or anything like that? Yeah, I got a question for you guys. Um, are we going to be meeting on the 50-yard line after we win this game, or are we not, not going to be rushing the field after this game? I want to know what's, what's happening here. I think we're past that. I think the only game that we possibly, you know, I, now I, I will say if the student section rushes, yes, I'm going. Like, I'm going to go, okay? If it happens, I'll, I'll go. But I don't think, I think at this point, since we broke the streak um, with the Josh Allen year, I don't think that this is a game that we'll rush the field on. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I just don't see myself running to get out there. Uh, knees are knees are a little too bad. <laughs> we'll piece together with bubble du- bubble gum and duct tape at this point. So uh, being up in the upper section, I will watch it all go down and I will videotape it, but I will probably not participate. That's fine. I just want I just want to know: Do you think it's going to happen? I can see I can see us rushing the field if we beat Florida. Uh, it's just something about that rivalry. It's no secret that they've owned us the last forever. I could see it happening if we if we pull off this win. I'm not calling I it think. an upset because I don't think it's an upset. I think at this point we deserve to be in the same conversation as that football program. I think without a shadow of a doubt, our fans will rush the field if we win this game. Not even a question about it. Well, I hope so. I'll meet you on the 50-yard line right after I scorpion fall over the over the wall. Um, <laughs> so I'll see you. Last, last but not least, we have how we're ending every single show. And it's what we like to call the Betty Bubba's Dog of the Week. <laughs> Real quick to end the show here, I do want to say that last week my college pick, SMU, they put a little bit of a whooping on TCU, got the win at over plus 300 odds. This week I'm giving you a little bit closer college football matchup. I think that Notre Dame can beat Cincinnati this week. I think it's going to be close. There's a lot of – Cincinnati's got a lot of firepower. I think Notre Dame's a better team. So, give me Notre Dame. That's real close. It's like plus two or plus one and a half. But give me Notre Dame to upset Cincinnati. Well, there you have it. That's the Benton Bowes Dog of the Week. Another good episode, I think. Uh, if you don't think so, uh, just tell Zach. Because uh, it's his fault. Uh, not mine. No way. Anyway. I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the blame. <laughs> But anyways, really looking forward to the games this week. I got, got a really good slate. Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, Georgia. It's college game day. I mean, there's there's a lot of games out there that really are going to be really entertaining to watch, and I cannot wait to watch them. I know me and Zach are going to – we're going to try our best to go to KS Bar. It probably won't work because um, I know everybody and their mother goes there. But, uh, again, thank you all for listening. And you all have a wonderful rest of your week.